You're listening to Raising Anchor, a Rhode Island FC podcast. We're glad you're here. Welcome to Raising Anchor, your podcast and source for all things Rhode Island FC. I'm your host, Matt Entrican, and with me as always is the amazing co-host, Jason Carey. Jason, how are you doing? Doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I, uh, I, I mean, listen, I got some, we got some sad news to cover tonight. We've got some great news, but we also have some, some sad news, and we have some weird news to go over. This is kind of a, we're going to be all over the place. All over the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, it's uh I mean, I'm looking forward to talking to you with it, but I, uh, I don't, I don't know. This show, this show may get a little weird. <laughs> yeah, I guess we we do have a, a bummer news here to start off. Oh, you want you want to start with the bad news? You're, you're the you're the guy that wants to hear get get the get the hard stuff out of the way. I mean, we might as well just get through it, you know. Just so rip off that bandaid. Just rip the bandaid off. Give yourself a nice big old slap and just move on with your life. Are you, you're the kind of guy that you slap to get through the pain. No, but um, I will slap myself if I'm itchy in a spot. Oh, more, I, uh, more power I, to you. I subscribe I, to that, you know. I, I rake, just rake the itch right out. Sure, I have like six new lacerations and an inflamed area, but I, I will scratch that until it's out of my body. Depending on where the itch is, you know, I, I, will, I, will, I will rake it up. But like if my uh, arm is itching a little bit, I'll give it a nice old slap. I, I, I can't wait to see that in action. I'll be like, oh, man's got an itch over there. But uh, speaking of things that we got to rake through, we, we should, like you said, we got to start here on, on, a, on a rough note, listeners. San Diego Loyal is no more. They're gone. You, are you okay with that over there? It's a shame. Um, be their last season here. Yeah. Yeah, and so unfortunately, the uh, president of the club uh, went on all of the social medias and announced in a, in a gut-wrenching video. I mean, oh yeah, I I watched that and then I was like, I could I could feel the pain through I, the video. I, I teared. I didn't. I teared up. <laughs> it was like a it was it was like a if you build it, he will come kind of moment. I I feel the dreams cried. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. A little, I shed a little tear myself too. I mean, you just, you just hate to see it. So the, the president comes out and has this just long conversation. Also, you knew something was wrong, but he, he couldn't quite get to You know, you, you start with all the things you did do. He, he put the bad news at the very end versus us just starting right away with the announcement. And, um, and yeah, so he announced. So the club, uh, unfortunately, after only three full competitive seasons with them starting in 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic, they started the club in covid had amazing amazing attendance numbers, and we'll get into that. But after three seasons, uh, I just announced that they they can't find an, a viable economic uh, solution with the fact that they still hadn't been able to secure any kind of stadium uh, situation or understand what their stadium opportunities would be. And um, you know they they've been spending their time at Univers- the University of San Diego's uh, Torero Stadium, and they said that, that that's it. That this they looked and. They hate the fact that they can't move forward and continue the project, but that it's just not going to be something that they can they can sustain. And when, you know, when you hear all these things, you you wonder 
you don't no, you don't even wonder. You know, you know what the elephant in the room is. What what is that elephant in the room? MLS coming in, knocking everything over. Yeah, yeah. It's it's MLS coming in and saying, "Hey, we have more money to spend, and thanks for setting up the fans, but we're going to steal those." Maybe I don't know. I don't know if loyal fans will remain loyal. That's <laughs> that's a joke that writes itself. <clears throat> um, but you know, they come in and they had such a such a flat and like didn't read the room response on their social media. It's like, hey, loyal, you know, we really appreciate everything you did, and we we don't know how you couldn't do it, and we're sorry that it happened to you, but we'll, you know, the city's in good hands. Like, oh, go go leave right now. Just nobody wants to hear that. Yeah, I I don't know what what they were thinking putting that out there. I honestly don't think they needed to say anything. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. But I that just kind of is what it is. Um, you know, Austin kind of had a similar issue. Um, as far as I can tell, Miami is still doing okay. So we we talked about this in one of the earlier episodes where we even said what is the viability? Now, Miami's situation is some gazillionaire it's it's like their toy train project of you know I'll, i can just keep this afloat and i can lose x amount of million dollars a year to keep the project running i i i feel like miami's days are numbered to the whims of an eccentric rich person but yeah it's it's just a weird time now because you have us coming in the league you have other clubs building soccer specific stadiums coming into the league and then you see a team that for on their books San Diego had more than average attendance, an amazing fan base. They're they're making a deep run right now to the to the playoffs. I, I may have to switch from El Paso to be a loyal person, depending on how the playoffs shake. I mean, loyal I want loyal to win, just for the record at this point. Did you see the hashtag that they have going for their for their campaign for their final games? No, what are they what are they putting out there? They have like it's hashtag bury me with the cup. <laughs> <laughs> It's so cool. So good. Yeah. And like, yeah, I, I would I hope they I hope they win everything this year. And I don't know if they will. There's a lot of teams making some really deep runs right now in the back half of the season. But I I oh man, I, I just I don't know. It it's it's a really tough situation. And I'll be curious what ramifications it has on the league. I'll be curious also now if Tulsa still moves because uh, Tulsa needed to move with Rhode Island coming in, but with one less team in the West, does that mean they absolutely... I guess they actually... No, they have to still go, yeah? Because there is one team less in the West? Um. So if we're adding two teams this next year with one... Because there's an odd number right now with one leaving, there will be an even number. Right. Oh, yeah, so Tulsa absolutely has to go. So that is written completely into the cards now. I guess if we lost an East Coast team, that would be a different question. So... So yeah, it's just it's a really unfortunate series of events. Um, I wish nothing but support to those fans. I hope that our supporters group, and I hope all the supporters groups in the league, do something to honor the loyal. Um, I already heard a joke that like they may do a a Don Garber, um, like gangster kind of like evil person flag with all the clubs he's killed from all the expansion markets he's either stolen or, or moved MLS clubs into. So it, it just it just sucks to see. Yeah, it does suck. It it's interesting. Um, you know, there, not too far far back, there was partnership between USL and MLS, and now it's I don't know what the relationship is between the leagues, but if MLS can just at any point 
come in and decide to eat our lunch, you know, it's, it's not cool. No, and, and, and it's super contentious is what the relationship is. Uh, Garber is already thinking about ways to replace the Open Cup with League Cup. Like I, That was an experiment this year that we saw in full motion. I think the only thing that will save Open Cup at this point is if Messi wins all of it with their advancement um, past Cincinnati just recently what, with what an incredible... Oh, yeah, that game was insane. Just, uh, it's just, of course, it, it's just, again, it's it's like the the movie for this is writing itself. Um, but if, if they win that, I don't think Garber, at least in the Messi era, can let go of the Open Cup because it's another way to create high-risk stakes in the middle of the season. Um, but But we don't know. And then you heard a rumor, I think, too, about... Maybe the FIFA alignment? You said you heard a, a Tata Marino, uh, Mourinho uh, comment? Um, yeah, there's some rumors that maybe next year they might not be, uh, MLS might not be running during international breaks. So that'll be interesting. That's a very condensed schedule if you actually honor the FIFA breaks on top of League's Cup, on top of Open Cup. Like, that's either more money into roster development for better roster depth, or that's going to be some very tired legs on a Wednesday-Saturday rotation for the next, Yeah, I mean, we won't go into it because this is not an MLS podcast, but they do seem to have an issue where they're constantly adding friendlies in to the middle of the season, and they're trying to make them meaningful in some way. I don't know what they... They keep adding, like, you know, the the other, the League's Cup. The Intercontinental Cup before. Intercontinental Cup. Chelsea. And before that, like, you know, 10, 12 years ago, it was just like, hey, the the biggest teams in the world are just coming here and playing friendly. There's no name to any of it. It's just just happened. You you forgot because we don't usually do too well, but there's also the Champions League Cup, too. So there's CONCACAF. If we have a deeper run, normally yeah, we don't. Yeah, normally, but we're normally MLS teams so, don't do so well in that. But, but that could be another thing. But recent, you're right. This recently, they've done a little better. Yeah, and this isn't an MLS podcast. I feel like we have to have that as a bumper sticker at some point. <laughs> um, but it, it's just, I don't know what clubs are really left at risk. I continue to hear Detroit City is at risk. Um Indy 11 seems like a market where they would just steal it because of the number of players. If New Orleans becomes a, a market that they realize that they could see and grab, I could easily see that happening. There's rumors that the Tampa Bay, formerly the Mutiny contract, like those rights could be reacquired and, and pick up and move a club, or not move, excuse me, but um, expand a, a net new club there. They wouldn't be the Mutiny, of course, but um, you know, there, there's not many places left with big enough market saturations that aren't already either USL or MLS. So to me, I really feel like at some point, if the USSF wants soccer to grow, they're going to have to come in and intervene on behalf of the leagues. And when you start tying in government regulation to free capitalistic markets, like that that's a story as old as time. And I'd be really curious to see if there's eventually some kind of sanctioning because... You cannot continue. The loyal have no. They don't deserve to be folded. They weren't. They weren't unsuccessful. They weren't unprofitable. They were. They were just paying too much rent at Torero Stadium, and and that's the same reason we can't afford to con- probably do more than one season at Bernie Stadium at Bryant, because they're probably taking, I don't know, half the ticket revenue. You know, like I I, I don't know yeah, what the, the we, financial models, but we're renting. What, 
or using the equipment, they're going to get something out of it. They're not just, Brian's not just like, we love soccer, we're supporting this, you know? Yeah, I mean, we do live in a capitalist society, so there, there, there is some sort of transaction going on there. We don't know what it looks like. Um, so when these clubs don't have their own stadium, it puts a big burden on them because they have to share the revenue with someone else. And, and not every club in USL has a soccer-specific or just their own stadium that they play in. So, I don't know, if this isn't a wake-up call to those teams, um, on top of the ones that are maybe in direct risk for uh, MLS penetration, um, it, it's just, it's a really interesting time. And, you know, I, we were, when we heard the news, we were actually at Bernie, and it was, it was one of those things where it's like, hey, you know, poor went out for loyal today. But I loved that the very next thing after we all kind of grieved was, who should we pick up? <laughs> who should we who should we plunder from a from a dying a sinking ship? <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Do you do you have thoughts on who you know you you did some research? I did, I, I knew a couple of players, but not many. Is there anyone that you think Coach Cano should I, be I mean, scooping up? You know, Joe Corona played for the men's national team, so that's kind of an obvious one there. Maybe I'm a, I'm a I'm a Joe Corona fanboy. Anyone that played U.S. international soccer, MLS too. He played for the Dynamo and for the Galaxy. Um, he's a journeyman. He's older, so he's got like locker room presence. Can lead. I I don't I don't know how you don't go after a Joe Corona. Yeah, I think that would be a good pickup. Um, and you've got some some other people here you looked into. I'm not too familiar. So, with. So yeah, I mean, I I did the I did the quick the Google searches, and I just looked at, you know, what were the contributions that the club has made in terms of total USL um, kind of scoring for the for the year so far. And you've got, some, you've got some contenders here. So you've got Evan Conway, who leads the club with 10 goals on the season. Um, and he's, like, I think, number 11 in the chase for the, for the golden boot. And then right behind him, you've got Ronaldo uh, Damus. I'm going to say Damus. Uh, Robinson Moshabani. Uh, and Adrian Perez with uh, seven and six uh, goals combined for each of them. But what's really interesting with Robinson, Moshabani, is he's also leading the team in assists. So if you were really going to target a player in the space, I maybe would go after that player that can both create and finish. Uh, that's, you know, that's always something you want to pick up. But I imagine that every club that already has active scouting networks and already has holes or needs is probably going to be thinking the same. If I can think of it in a studio in, in you know, Rhode Island, I'm sure clubs much closer and with, with deeper products, no, pockets, excuse me, and connections, uh, they're already thinking the same thing. However, there is someone who is a ginger on the team. He's a center back. And so the ginger connection... <laughs> You gotta support, sign, gotta gotta sign support him up. your redheads. Yep, you gotta sign him up. I mean, he's a ginger ginger. Like he, he's afraid of the sun. He puts on a lot of zinc before he plays a game. That's for sure. So Camden Riley is a is a center back for the club, and he seems like a really cool cool lad. And uh, love to see. I'd, I'd love to see us be able to take any of the players because at the end of the day, these are people who just lost their jobs, right? Like they need homes. I hope they find homes. There's not a lot that the CVA for the USL can do to, like, there's bits and pieces they can help extend their contracts, but they're not going to get paid. If they're on a multi-year, this is done. So if there's talent that makes sense in Coach Kano's system and we can scoop it up, I'd love to see that. Yeah, and just real quick, there's a lot of other people behind the scenes who are losing their job too, which really sucks. Which is just, you know, you know I d- just I not a great situation. I didn't even think about that. 
I, I, that's a great point. I, I mean, wonder where we can pick these, up infrastructure pieces too. Soccer players, you know, it, it sucks for them, but like probably a little easier for them to maybe find a job than just someone who is, you know, you, you have ticket agents who are working there. You have maybe people selling concessions. You have some sort of a, maybe an HR person in the, you know, like there's yeah. a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes and just, that's a really good point. I wonder if, I wonder if we can help. I mean, I say poach, but also we'd be helping. I wonder if there's some really good talent that we can bring over. Because if anything, too, those people are perfectly positioned to help us through our first season in a, you know, rented college facility infrastructure. Like, if there are people there already, that's a that's a no-brainer. So that I, I wonder if the – I'm sure the club's thinking about it. If they aren't, they'll hear this podcast before those people are truly out of their jobs so they can do some recruiting in the off-season. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I don't – like what MLS is doing, but if they were to instead just pick up teams, at least you think maybe in that situation, maybe people are not losing their jobs instead of just, no, we want our own product in here. We're going to knock yours over instead of coming in and saying, Hey, we are, we see this as thing. We're going to like buy you out in a sense. We're going to maybe offer some jobs like that right there would have been a huge PR move from well, them instead yeah. of just coming in and saying, Oh, it's too bad you guys couldn't do it. We'll we'll get the fans something they can look forward and, to. And that's you know what's funny is I don't understand that because there are times where that has happened. St. Louis, the USL team folded two years prior. Austin Bold, as soon as they found out they had picked the wrong place to open up a team, they were already on their way out. But then you have other markets like Charlotte, Cincinnati, um, Orlando City that they worked to to request rights to go into MLS. And then they, they, they took the team and, and evolved it into the MLS products that, you know, they've become. I don't know why that's just not the standard requirement, like sanctioned again by the USSF. Like, hey, you go into a market, you're taking on the responsibilities of that team. Like, you, you can take the fans with them, you can take the people, but whatever you're building, that's part of it. And if you want to let go of all the players because they don't fit your system, that's fine. You have to honor their contracts, pay them out at whatever years they have. That's a, that's, I don't know, I don't know how, enough about how and why that works the way it does. If it's just down to money, that's a really crappy way to, to go about to go about soccer. It, again, it takes the soccer out of soccer and it just makes it a financial transaction. Um, but that, that's a that's a really good that's a really good kind of piece of feedback on, on the, the people. Maybe they'll wait for MLS the MLS club to open, you know, to that point too. Maybe they're yeah. already applying for the same roles there. It's possible. The only thing is who knows how long it's gonna take they, for they MLS play, to they be play ready. In twenty I think they're committed to twenty twenty five. Okay. I mean, you know, they got to pay rent up until oh, yeah. somehow, <laughs> they're going to be they're going to be working different jobs doing, until their new job. But yeah. yeah, maybe they can kind of put that on their CV. So here's here's the last question I want to ask on it. Do you think loyal fans will convert? Because I've I've seen the supporter groups already saying we'll transition a plan to support the soccer club of the next team, and I've seen other fans say absolutely not. You've killed my you've killed my firstborn. And I have no interest in being a part of this anymore. That's tough to say. I, I can't, if I was in a similar circumstance, I don't know how I would react. Um, Look at St. Louis. The one thing we, I, went to, we went to St. Louis. Yeah, Those were all, they, I mean, some were the USL club fans, and they are thriving as an MLS pro. I, I think they'll all convert. I, I think eventually, inevitably they will, especially considering not 
not to you know say that they didn't have a lot of history, but realistically, what we're talking about a club that's a few years old here, three years in operation, five in total planning. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things you just unfortunately just have to they'll go move on. I mean, be cool they'll show <laughs> their loyal jerseys. Too. I hope they do. I, what? I, <gasps> so I haven't I haven't heard any announcement. Could you imagine if the MLS club like took the colors? Or, but like slight variations and saturate mm-hmm. instead of it being teal and orange, it's like light, like light you sea just, green with just, like dark burnt orange or when dark you're doing burnt the RGB, red. You just change the numbers a tiny yeah, bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Just you know, you move the slide bar just down a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> and they go, no work. It's like vanilla ice. No, it's not dune 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 dune. It's dune 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 dune. <laughs> maybe maybe they're uh the they'll do some cool tifo rest in peace loyal or something yeah you know? maybe maybe I, I don't know i have no idea um and then speaking on other player conversations so I, something that i don't know how we haven't connected yet but i wanted to talk about some additional rumor opportunities where one do we think that ipswich town with brett johnson being a partial owner do you think there's a connection there that we'll see some of their players potentially go out on loan or be traded slash transferred to Rhode Island FC? Uh, that's a really interesting question. I think it is a possibility. I don't know how much sway he has at the club. Um, he has one percent sway. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean in the sense like, can can he phone someone up and be like, can we, you know, have a conversation about this? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. He, absolutely, he can talk to the people that make those kinds of decisions. I, I bet you he's, if he hasn't had those, he's it's, on his way to do it right now. I, I And I imagine if he if he does have this ability, maybe I, hopefully he's relayed this to Kano so that him and his staff can kind of look at like, hey, is there someone here that we can potentially use who's maybe on the fringe, on the fringes, you know what I mean? Because they're not going to just like let one of their first team players go unless his contract maybe is kind of up or something. Well, so but. here and here's the thing: the reason I ask you that because you're so, you're much more um, familiar with with how this works. They've just re-entered the championship side of of English football, which is a huge accolade. I can't imagine that team wants to let go of anything right now, as they one secure making sure they don't fall back down, and two see if they can make a Premier League push. So having said that, like, their team has already been built for the season because, you know, I mean, I know you can still make adjustments, but either players have already left or they need the players they have left. I, I don't know that there's well, a loan tra- or transfer. Yeah, like, does so that mean that we'd be looking at their because, academies? Well, because we play on uh, different timelines, we could be having a conversation with them maybe a little bit later in the fall. Maybe they're, as they are going into the season, there's some players who are not hitting that first team, maybe kind of people who are surplus to requirements and can take some off their wage bill, maybe especially depending on at that point in their season, they might know whether or not, hey, are we going up or, hey, we're comfortable mid-table. We can kind of kind of see where they're going. And I, I don't... But do you think coach can wait till December to make a player decision. Like, do you think he needs to be in the mindset? And I heard recently that he is not sanctioned, but he is up against requirements that they can't really announce player acquisitions, even as a new club, until a certain time period for the league, which makes sense, right? You know, you're, there's still windows, and 
if they say, hey, you can't do any of these kinds of conversations until X, Y, and Z, um, that could be one of the things that he's up against. But, yeah, I mean, these, these, these guys have to be in training in January. Do you really wait till December to pick up potentially a marquee or an, a, an X-factor player? I mean, it's possible. Um, you know, a lot of leagues are, are still going through right now. A lot of people are playing. So you would want them too to be in good, in like top fitness and good shape, right? Which would be as halfway opposed through to like their just season signing though, yeah. a free agent right now. What are they going to do? Sit around and train for six months? Just do a bunch of laps, <laughs> hang out with the coach when he goes and scouts other games. Like, hey, what do you think of this guy? I, you know, I w- I would rather at that point be getting someone who is is fresh off a season, maybe in say, you know, the USL Championship or MLS or or wherever we're getting through, or even if we are looking at the winter transfer window in the other leagues and taking someone from there, depending maybe they're just not seeing enough game time in their team. That that's fair. I I, I guess that makes a lot of sense. But do you think then, for Ipswich, that they have to be only middle of the table, like? You wouldn't let go of people that are, if you're making that playoff, or not playoff, but that premier push, or you're making the, oh my God, we can't get relegated, you know, uh, stay away element. You, yeah, you have to be mid-table to where like, yeah, we can lose some it, players. So if they're mid-table, maybe they think, hey, we're comfortable where we are. We're not going to get relegated. We're not going to promote it. There are probably some players maybe that are not gelling with the coach or the team that they can let go of. If they're making a push for promotion, I mean, you could still there could still be some players on the fringe, right? the The only worry is that maybe um, they're too fringy. If they're not <laughs> if their if their squad is not deep enough, and then there's injuries. But in the same sense, they that does you know it's they can pick up new players too. I just I don't know you know I I do follow the English Premier League and and the Championship a lot. I can't say that I'm too familiar with Ipswich though, so I don't know a lot. How are Plymouth team. Argyle doing? <laughs> that's the only information I need to know. Um, no, that's fair. That's fair. And then in other, not rumors, but just things that we were thinking about when we started, because you know we're trying to identify what where where is the activity, where could we be seeing some pickups. I don't think we've really mentioned yet Bryant University uh, in the sense of its player roster. Right? We know we'll be playing there. I'm sure we'll be scrimmaging against those boys. Um, as often as possible. I don't know. I don't know Bryant University's. I don't know the Bulldogs' schedule for the season. Maybe they end before the winter and they they don't pick it back up. I don't know. But what a perfect opportunity to to put an eleven on eleven together. But do we think that they're going to pick up any players graduating or even just talent that exists at Bryant? I mean, it, it's like a, a permanent tryout period for them, right? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I would think that they will be scouting them. Uh, you know, I, I wonder though if they like scrimmaging against them. I wonder if that's like a liability because what if they injure each other? <laughs> that could be an issue. I, you know, that it's just practice. We're talking about practice. It's just practice. It's just boys. practice. <laughs> but yeah, I imagine Bryant and maybe any other local colleges or or just like random soccer teams they might be looking at to see what kind of local talent they can kind of supplement the team with. I, I, I would imagine, you know, he probably has an idea of what formation he wants to play, right? So then he is going through and he's got probably two players per position and then has like some sheets of just... Right, he's, he's using a, football manager and creating <laughs> ghost squads. <laughs> yeah, just, just trying to play some ultimate team, you know, trying to 
It's like, well, what if I get the gold card version of them as opposed to the team of the week version? <laughs> you know we've made it as, an, as a league when USL gets added to FIFA. That, that should be USL well, actually, operations' number one goal. What, what is it called now? It's not FIFA anymore. Remember, they lost the license. Oh, they lost the license. But, yeah, what But they, they have all it? the same stuff, like uh, EA Sports Football Club or something? EA Soccer. <laughs> soccer. <laughs> Ooh, speaking of soccer. Well, actually, no. I'll, I, I have to say one other thing first, but I wish I could use that as a transition. The other reason we brought up Bryant is, and we'll, we'll save, no, we'll just say it now. When we went to the Bernie Stadium experience, um, we actually met one of the silent owners in the Rhode Island FC ownership group, and his son uh, plays at Bryant. So he was there to support his son, um, but then we started thinking, like, man, what a perfect opportunity. Your dad buys a soccer club. Like, hey, sign me up. So we will not say the name to protect ourselves and to protect the integrity of everyone involved. Also, we want to be really clear and say, we don't think that's actually happening. That's just a very Rhode Island conspiracy thing. Like, ah, who you know, you know? Um, and I, I, I don't mean, think we would ever jeopardize like... ourselves and, and bring someone on that didn't deserve to be on the squad. But it was really interesting to just randomly meet a, a silent owner who was super passionate about both Bryant and, and Rhode Island FC. So it was, it was really great to meet him. Uh, one of the Defiance members actually saw him because he's wearing a completely different uh, piece of merch for Rhode Island FC. And we were like, where can we get that? So he just <laughs> went up and asked the guy. Um, but it was really great to meet him. He's super passionate, super excited to see Rhode Island FC kick things off uh, next season. But that just made me think too, like, you know, again, we haven't really discussed what local collegiate talent we can pick up. And, and maybe that's an angle. I don't know. Yeah, speaking of the merch, it is funny when we when we're out and about, we see someone with a piece of merch, and we're like, I don't recognize that. Let's go harass you. <laughs> it turns out, in some way or form, they are connected to the club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen the merch yet, it's it's because they're wearing the exclusive stuff before they release it. In fact, I mean, we can't. I I don't think we can show it because they told they didn't tell us we could. We're not on the YouTube. <laughs> Well, that is why we can't physically show it to listeners. But I mean, we—I don't know if we should even describe what the club gave us as our first piece of uh, "you can't have this merch in the in the world yet." I don't even know. Aren't, are you now admitting that we're being bribed? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Um, the, the the club is really awesome. They hooked us up with some. For now, I'm going to say very unique merch. Maybe it's going to release out for purchase. Maybe it's for people that work at the club. But they were really kind to us and uh, and gave us some some sweet swag that, uh, you know, they no one I I know that has it yet. So uh, for the listeners that want it, if you want to slide into my DMs, you can ask me. But I don't think we'll broadcast it just in case it's not something that they're going to sell, or maybe they're they're waiting to share that it is for sale at a later point. So again, thanks thanks to the club on that one. Um, but speaking of the club, so they decided to release a brand campaign this week. Um, kind of a kind of a mixed bag in terms of review, depending on who you ask. Uh, so I'm just I'm just gonna go straight into it, Jason. What I'm gonna put you on the spot first. What are do you, you gonna, think are you of make me say it? <laughs> do you wanna go for it? Uh I mean, I, I, I don't mind. Do you want me to just say it that way you don't have to embarrass yourself? I'll I'll do the embarrassing. <laughs> All right. Go for it then. You, d- you don't like wicked good soccer? <laughs> <laughs> I do like soccer. How about wicked good soccer? 
That's what we play at Rhode Island FC. We're Rhode Island Football Club, and we play wicked good soccer. I'll just say it's not it's not what I would have picked. <laughs> I agree, and uh, I think we need to tread carefully because we want to we want to support the club. We want to make sure that soccer continues to grow. Um, I personally think that Wicked is not holistically a Rhode Island thing. I think it that's a New England thing. I would dare say that's more of a Boston thing. Uh, when I think Wicked, I think of those uh, Sam Adams uh, beer commercials with your cousin from Boston, and he <laughs> says Wicked like a million times inside the commercial. Isn't it a musical that was like popular for a long time with sellout everywhere, too? I mean, it's, I think it still sells out everywhere it goes, but I also it's think no fun. one ever thought of the musical Maybe. Wicked before you just said that. So I now just, they're all like thinking, oh yeah, okay, yeah. the flying monkeys and singing about the land of Oz, but... Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it is about You Oz, did know that, it? right? No, I've never seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> I just... You uncultured I, swine. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's just not a word that I use. I don't... I, and so here's the like, thing. Like, ever? If you ask the core fans, they're upset about it. I think they're also upset, though, because they came up with some very organic um, branding that they want to use. So, like, Up the Tide, we decided on Anchors Up. Um, you know, there, there's, a, there's a slew of different things you can choose. And I don't think Wicked Good Soccer is necessarily wrong or bad. I, I, I just don't know if that was the best thing to do at the start. Yeah, I think the thing, though, is that this is not for us, right? We're we're crazy. Yeah, we're, we're, we're the passionate we, we ones. We already yeah. like we've known about this club, you know, when it was announced a long time ago. This is for the masses, right? And right. it and it looks like unless it's like bots responding online, it looks like it's well received. And if that's what it is, like kudos to the club for understanding and nailing that. Will that make the diehards happy? No, of course not. But you know what? You're probably not going to make the diehards happy until you win the USL Cup or the Open <laughs> Cup. So it doesn't really matter what you say or do. I, I will say this, though, and I hope this is the part that the club listens to, is if you're going to call yourselves a football club, stick to football or soccer. And I, I know that sounds like it's a non-issue, but... Build the brand the way you want to build it. You, you could have just said wicked good football and then dealt with the ramifications of all the Pats fans going, that's not football. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe wicked good football is already uh, you know, pat patented by the or trademarked by the Kraft family. I don't know. But that is, to me, where pick, pick one identity and stick with it. But otherwise, listen, the club is doing great things. Is this a blip? Is this a demerit in their track record so far? I don't think so. If anything, if it gets people talking about the club, that's good, right? The more the more eyes on us, the more the more pen attention that's getting paid to the club, the more we have a chance to have a dialogue with anybody. If if you don't like the slogan, talk to us. Like we'll talk to you. We'll we'll give a continued opinion. We'll have a discourse. If you have a different take that isn't something, you know, just that you hate it. Explain it to us. You know, tell us tell us in the responses to the social posts of, of why it should be something else, or or let us know what you think would be the better one, and maybe we can raise that up organically. But I I joke about it because I, I don't think I would have picked it, but I don't think it's a I don't think it's the end of the world for the club. 
Yeah, I think realistically, um, I, I I haven't even thought about it since we heard the news. You know, it, it's just not it's not registering my brain. It's like, oh, yeah, it's not really what I would have chosen, and just moved on with my life. Because at the end of the day, like I don't, you know, like I said, I don't think it's for us. We have to sign thirty players, convert a college stadium to be soccer ready in seven months. We've got other things to deal with. Let the people who didn't even know we were a club until that slogan came out. Let them gestate on on the on the wicked good soccer. We got other things to do. Yeah, I'm not getting wicked good soccer tattooed across my chest in death metal writing. You say that now, <laughs> but I think I just found the next bet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a bet man. <laughs> That's what they all say. <laughs> if you're in debt, you can make a bet. <laughs> Can but shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so what have we got going on? So uh, around the league. So I know we wanted to maybe mix things up because we got some feedback that when it comes time to go live, that they someone was like, I don't really care about the West Coast. I just want to know what's going on in the East Conference and maybe the the league leader if there's a if it is in the West. So that kind of got us thinking, well, okay, we'll, we'll definitely take that advice when it comes time to, when we actually only have game coverage to go over. In the meantime, I think it still makes sense to educate the the listeners on the comings and goings of the league. But we did start investigating the power rankings, which you opened a can of worms on trying to understand and define the mechanisms that are, are justified by the power rankings. So what did what did you learn in your in your first deep dive? Um, I mean, like, like with most power rankings for other sports, you just kind of have to take them with a grain of salt. Um, but they're more based on recent form than your actual position in the table. So what I'm about to hear is El Paso Locomotive is number one. <laughs> no, actually, the reason I brought this up is they're not, they're not doing well on the power rankings. Uh, what, so. what number are we? There's 24. Where are we at? <laughs> 24. <laughs> no, no, there's 24 teams in the league, Jason. Where is El Paso Locomotive? They are 24 in the power rankings. So this is crazy. I didn't realize this. Um, they have double-digit undefeated and winless streaks in the same season. Oh, we're, 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 we Thanos snapped ourselves. <laughs> we're perfectly balanced. So maybe now the rest of the season you go on a winning streak? I don't no, know. No, no, no. See, here's this is where you're oh, completely wrong. Draws? No, yeah, we have 10 wins, we have 10 losses, and we only have five draws. We need five additional draws. So any win we get, we have to balance with a a loss, and then we need to get to the corresponding number of draws. So I think there's seven, no, there's four matches left at home and three away. So there's seven matches left. We just won one, which I'll rub in your face in a second since you brought up this dirty laundry. (laughs) So we have to lose one more, mm-hmm. and then we have to tie six games. Yeah, then we'll be, literally, that'll be 11-11-11, or 12-12-12, 12-12-12, yeah, perfect, as all things need to be. So th- there you go, lock it, lock it in the prediction for the season, 12-12-12. Nice. Where, where's, your club's in last place, where, what are they doing on the power no, ranking? No, we're not in last place, we're at 10th. Um, let's see, power rankings for Rio Grande Valley. Um, they are in fourteenth. So this this system has 
when we interviewed John Morrissey it, from USL, it, it has show, to do with the. the I'm going to ask him how this works because I call tomfoolery on this. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, power rankings, they're all tomfoolery. Um, but let's see, Orange County SC at top. They are on a mission, which sucks because they have to bow down to Loyal now and let them win. Like, you just have to let that happen at this point to bury me with the cup, but... Yeah, Loyal loyal coming in at 7th, so hope, hopefully we can see them at the top of the power rankings. I mean, I'd rather just... I just want to see them at the top of the table. I don't care about yeah, that power ranking. I, I like that, bury me with the cup. Oh, that's a tattoo you put right above <laughs> Wicked Good Soccer. <laughs> bury me with a Wicked Good Soccer cup. <laughs> but, um... San Antonio FC second. I mean, I'm not going to go through all these. Just a few here at the top. Tampa does it does it tell you like who jumped in the? So it does show the positions here. Uh, last week, who who had the biggest jump? That just walk us through one of those so we can understand um, maybe what the league looks so at. The, so the biggest movers here, uh, Louisville City dropped six spots. <laughs> what? Yeah. For what one loss? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's it's com compounding. Let's see. It's like it's supposedly they might miss out on playoffs for the first time in the history. Maybe they just have not. They won't miss on playoffs. There's no form. way. There's no way that team does. Um, Birmingham jumped four spots. Good for them. The team that uh, coach coaches old team. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So listeners, if you want to hear more about the power rankings, let us know. Give us some love. Give us some some feedback on that. Or if you just rather continue to hear the the East Coast table, we'll we'll continue to iron that out as we get closer to regular season. Um, but yeah, so on to the, on to the main event of tonight, uh, Bernie Stadium. You know, we, we've talked about it several times as our temporary home. Um, and we, we've made a couple comments looking at it from pictures and review, but we hadn't had the chance yet to go. And, uh, so we took the opportunity to find, uh, 1636 decided to show up and support, uh, the Bulldogs' inaugural game of their season. Uh, and they brought the party. So we said, hey, if Defiance is going, we should we should go check this out and see what it's all about. Um, you know, before I get into the details, what was what was your overall impression? Uh, nice little stadium. Um, it's nice and nice and open. Um, not not too far. You know, I mean, I guess a lot of it will depend on traffic at the time, but. I was actually surprised. I mean, this is a Rhode Island. This is a unique Rhode Island problem that I have. But given the time of day I needed to get through to Smithfield, I, I know the distance because I travel all the time to like Cumberland and and Woonsocket. I thought that was be like a twenty five minute drive, and I threw it into the the navigation. And it's like, hey, you'll be there in forty seven minutes. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Isn't it only 40 minutes to get across the state in any given direction? Like, what is going on? Totally forgot that you got to go through, from where we live. We had to go through the heart of traffic uh, downtown, and it was it was rush hour because it was, you know, 5 o'clock on a Wednesday or, or Thursday, excuse me. So uh, it's going to require a little bit. I, I've never had to really logistically plan to leave somewhere to be on time for something. I just know, like, plus or minus 30 minutes I can get there. This may require some better, like, planning when it comes time to show up somewhere to to when it comes to Smithfield at this you point. Get, you're going to have to learn some time magic finally. Yeah. <laughs> I was born late. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, but that, other than that, uh, I agree. It was a, it was really, it was really fun experience. It was really great to see 
just how um, how clean and how professional the stadium was. You know, in the pictures, I, I saw it, but sometimes you're like, yeah, that's just like lipstick on a pig. Like everything in the facility seems very new. The turf um, was great. Not a fan of the football lines, and I'll be really curious to see if the club addresses that with like temporary paint over. I, I don't even know how you convert uh, turf like that, but yeah, that'll be I, that'll be really interesting. Yeah, I don't know if they are gonna. I mean, I would love them to, but I don't know if they're gonna be constantly painting and repainting it for all the games. Um, I mean, I don't think there's a bad seat in that house. We actually moved around a few times. Just that was to fun. We played we played hot potatoes musical, to find yeah, the seat that we wanted to sit kinda, in. Also, just kind of see see what the different viewing angles are, and like even at like the top of the row, like you pretty good view up there yeah and we went we went high for our seats so we found a spot that we sat in and said yeah this is where we should anchor down and uh that's exactly what it what we did when we picked up our our four seats was we chose uh pretty high up on the midline um and and yeah but but definitely walked around and sat in multiple places to make sure that we were getting our money's worth for for what we were picking up um I thought what was really interesting too is with Defiance being there as you know we got to meet a lot of the what I'm calling the OGs at this point you know there's going to probably be more and more people that join but for the people that were first uh, in line and the people that have been the, the loudest and proudest for the for the supporter group so far it's really great to meet a lot of them uh, some of them brought their family members uh, some brought people they were just introducing for the first time to it uh, and it was just it's so exciting to see a group of people that are and basically strangers to a certain degree meet in person and, and just it clicks. You know, it's 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 like it's not that awkward first date. It's just like, hey, we're here. We all have a common interest. We have a common love, and let's let's have fun with it. And so, kudos to Defiance uh, 1636. I was really impressed with what you guys were able to do, including uh, merging with the uh, collegiate band that was playing at like the front row. And just bringing that group together and having a crazy party. I mean, they were loud. They had all of the college students jumping and, and having a good time. They even got them in on some more traditional English uh, football chants, which was great. Uh, no, it was a good time. And I, and I heard from Defiance that they may or may... I, I think they are. I just don't know if it's officially confirmed that they'll be bringing that group in as some of their percussionists for when Defiance goes live for the for the Rhode Island FC game. So... They already maybe have their marching band ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I was not 100 percent sure if they were. I, I I think they were definitely offering that out to him. Wasn't sure if it was like half joking, but I really hope that they do, you know, bring the noise because that was a good environment. I think that uh, there was probably a lot of people there to watch Bryant, not realizing what you know what was going on, and ended up having a good time. Yeah, they they set an attendance record for the for the club uh, for for. Brian, I should say. Um, most people that have ever attended a single game, uh, including playoffs, I believe, and uh, they had over 680 people show up for uh, a, an opening kickoff, you know, first game of the season, and you just you love to hear that. And again, it goes it goes back to the the credit of you know soccer growing and thriving in in the community and in the state. I mean, we had we recently posted that we had our thousandth listen, um, which. You know, I guess I should have like started with that and just totally burying it in the burning part, but uh, it was just really impressive to to hear and and get to see that as an alert on my email. Uh, I 
I promised myself at the beginning of this project I wouldn't be that neurotic person who started tracking likes and views because it would consume me. Uh, so I have it all turned off, but the milestones are still set. So it, it's it's just, I don't know how to feel. How, how do you feel about hitting a thousand listens before the fifth episode even launched of this of this project? Uh, it's impressive. I, I mean, it, it's great. You know, we, we, you know, defiance and some other random people we've talked to, even some of the people in the, the club have told us they listen and they like it. And it's awesome. No, I agree. I, I find it funny cause I, I thought we would be at, you know, 50, like having 10 <laughs> people per and five of those would be our family. Like five from me, five from you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm pretty sure my, my girlfriend had said, oh, I thought you'd be at like 100 at best at this point. So, uh, you know, that's the standards we have in this household, I guess. But it, it's just it's really it's just really been an honor so far to to know that that's a thing. And uh, I don't even know what the next milestone is. I hope it's not like 2,000. I, I hope it's like 10,000 before I get the alert 9, again. Thousand. Nice. Nice. <laughs> well done. Uh, I hope it is 1846, which is the Defiance... 1846. 36. No, it's 1636, but oh, were, okay. they were interviewed, uh, and someone called them the 1846. So I hope at 1,846 oh, I get a memo. <laughs> Maybe I'll throw a special one out, and I will track for the next couple of episodes. Um, but no, again, just all the love. Just as a quick segue, we really appreciate everything that people have put into this to help us, help it grow. Um, can't wait till we hit 10,000 or 100,000 or a million. One billion <laughs> when we hit one billion you have to get that tattoo <gasps> wicked good soccer there it is found it I told you you take a bet um but back to bernie and their record breaking um we also got to meet a lot of the rfc personnel as well so we met the defiance group um, but we also got to meet a lot of great people from the organization uh no shock that a lot of them immediately went off the record on us so it's kind of hard to share a lot of the exciting things that they discussed with us um what was what was your take on meeting uh most of the individuals uh yeah it was nice meeting them and, and like you know a lot of them they all do listen so that's uh, that's awesome um like you said we we did learn some things off the record we don't want to ruin our relationship with them so not yet gonna... <laughs> not yet wait until it's really really important yeah so we're not going to throw anything out there, but um, I, you know, I'm excited for the season to come and excited to just keep uh, keep getting the word out there. Agreed, agreed. I I will I will make some comments that were said in in jest and they weren't you know sealed away in the in the off the record. So one of the more, one of the fascinating people that we got to meet that night was Paul, um, who's the new stadium manager for the club. Uh, who comes from the Houston Dynamo, which uh, we've made some jokes about the stadium a couple times. So I thought that was a perfect, perfect, uh, you know, be careful what you what you throw out there because you never <laughs> know who is connected. Um, but what was really fascinating with with him as we were talking through it is he educated us on the fact that he's been with the he was with the Dynamo for such a long period of time that he was there when they first had transitioned from being the earthquakes and, and moving over and he was a part of their winning their winning club years where they won the uh, MLS Cup twice and so I asked him if he if he ever wears the rings he's like I've got them somewhere but I don't like to brag and then I realized that 
of all the people in the organization, he's the most winningest person, <laughs> even above Mikey Parkhurst, who only has the one. And so I asked him, like, do you ever, you know, like do the Thanos power glove and just show up with, with your two rings in front of Mike? And he's like, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to the guy. And uh, I was like, yeah, don't show him to, don't show him to anyone else, like even, even Coach, because Coach had a, had a rev, uh, many rev seasons where, where they didn't unfortunately, they didn't get the cup at the end. So it's just crazy to know that the stadium managers got two of the uh, two of those rings uh, for for his accomplishments. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. I I wonder how how deep it goes within the organization. Like, like don't worry, Jason. If USL wins, we're going to ask for two rings <laughs> from the organization. We we may not be on the payroll, but Hon- we deserve honorary it. wings. <laughs> I wonder if it's just the permission to buy one. Like, get my name in there and like have them put one into. Do you think they just like get an allotment and then from there they divvy them out based upon No, no, I bet you they provide a roster of everyone that deserves it both from the the sports aspect as well as the technical and the the administration and operations size. I bet you they just give a list and say, "Hey, here's what we need. Here's the ring sizes." So we just got to make it on that Excel sheet when it gets sent over to <laughs> whoever is producing them. Um, but yeah, so so Paul was really great. He mentioned, you know, again, I, I it's a lot <laughs> A lot of things that have been shared with us in the last few weeks that we cannot say, like, like big time stuff, guys. We're talking like kits, big. We're talking like merchandise, big. We're talking like next level stuff. But it just unfortunately we we can't share. Um, but what was interesting with Paul is that when he was describing kind of what he has to tackle with the Bryant piece of it, it was really it was a really interesting take to understand how he's looking at it because like when we saw it you know when i asked you you're like oh the turf is great you know the stadium was open and it was fun and for him he was like this is a security nightmare <laughs> this is a lighting uh yeah, oper- he, safety he, hazard this is did. you know there's not enough amenities to support an additional expansion of thousands of people like the bathrooms like like it was just really fun to watch his mind work on how to make bernie work with that many expanded people attending games yeah, he, he's definitely got his work cut out for him. He, Like you said, he gave us a quick laundry list of just looking around him and like, uh, we need to address this and this and this and this and this. Agreed, agreed. It was, it was, fun, to see, it was fun to see him think, uh, think through those things, to be, to be completely honest. And, you know, what I, what I thought was really interesting is he did make one comment that... Um, I think it's important to share with listeners because some people have speculated, oh hey, will we will we get grass? You know, with the delay, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of positives that come with delaying the club and making sure that everything is right. And one of the things I think that was a holdout or a question was, you know, is there time now to build in grass into the stadium? And it sounds like that's not a decision that he gets to make. Uh, and that it, it, it's been indicated, he didn't come out and say it, but that it was like the, the way the stadium's being designed is how it will continue to carry forward, which is implicating right now that it was a designed to be a turf-based stadium with a very high-quality, like very modern um, type of turf. There, there's these crazy turfs I've been reading up on that are, uh, it depends on what you read. You'll read about ones that are stitched in with like live grass, and then there's other reports out there that there's turfs that are causing like lymphoma and cancer for <laughs> wow. people. I, it's so crazy how these, like 
the asbestos of turfs. Well, so so like in not not third world countries, but in places that buy cheap cheaper turf liners, it's mostly like recycled tire rubber. So like you could imagine that the 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 underbed layer of that is just like the gnarliest thing that you don't want going in. And even I was just reading a report that and it's not been vetted by any medical journal that I could see it, but it was just an interesting read that goalkeepers are the people that are suffering the most in these like other countries where this this inferior products are being laid because they're the ones diving, getting on the ground more often, like putting their face in it. Like I it I don't know. Crazy stuff. I don't want to go too dark on it. And the real point of the conversation was that, you know, we're probably looking at turf in both we are looking at turf for Bernie because that's what's there, but we'll more than likely also be looking at turf um for tidewater as well. I th- yeah, I think you know, we brought it up and it's it's uh Let's be honest, it's kind of a pipe dream, I think, especially in this climate, grass to keep. I can't even keep the grass in my backyard alive, (laughs) so I have no idea how difficult it would be to keep soccer-grade grass. It would take a monumental effort to keep that, and it would would be very expensive. Or an indoor stadium. (laughs) Yeah, so. Yeah, I I agree. And, you know, that's okay. As As long as it is as good as it can be, and Messi will still play on it in the Open Cup. That's all I care about, you know? <laughs> yep, Messi to Tidewater. Exactly. Confirmed. Oh, that's the other hashtag. Bury me with the cup and Messi to Tidewater. Um, but, yeah, so that's great. So so I'm excited about Bernie. I think it's going to be fantastic. Uh, we got a chance to go hang out at what the Defiance is going to kind of hang their scarf on as the supporter group bar in the interim for Kraft, which, by the way, Kraft is now Flynn's. Uh, so... By the time listeners heard about the, heard the Kraft Burger and Beer interviews, the bar had already changed its name to Flynn's. So that that was great timing on our part. <laughs> you, you can't make this stuff up, I swear. Um, so we went to um, was it Parenti's was the name of the place, which is right outside of the college. Sounds about right. Uh, all I'll tell the listeners is they have a fifty cent wing special. So if you're a wingman or a wingwoman, uh, and not the kind that helps pick up. Um, Dates for your friends. Uh, <laughs> you should go check that out. I haven't, I mean, I haven't had the wings doing yet. That too, while while enjoying Ooh, some wings. A wing woman, wing woman. I love it. I love that. Um, but yeah, so it'll be really, really interesting to see how they set up uh, for for all of that. And yeah, so that's that's kind of Bernie. And then in other stadium news, you betrayed me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe. So you asked me. If I would go, and the thing is, I didn't know when it even was, and I said, yeah, I'll do it, and I realized it was, like, next weekend, and I I had to work. (laughs) Okay, so listen, I've thought I've made it very clear. This podcast comes above all priorities, including your wife, but especially your job, the job that pays you. I'm, I'm searching for a job. So anyone, listeners, if you want to pick up Jason... He won't call out on you because he didn't call out on the job that he's trying to get away from. He he decided that that was more important than attending with his podcast co-host the Hartford Athletic and El Paso Locomotive uh, match, where I had the pleasure of getting to lift the you know monkey off of the back of El Paso, you know, perform the Olympia, as they say, and uh, give them the win. It had nothing to do with the fact that Hartford can't win a game to save their lives. But I was there. In fact, I recorded, I was behind the net and recorded a goal as it happened 
my video should have been on all the highlight reels across the USL, but I think I put Choo Choo on it, and I don't think El Paso <laughs> likes the brand as Choo Choo. Um, but yeah, I was there, and you abandoned me, so... I, I have to see my doctor. If I'm going to travel out of country, I need to get all my shots. <laughs> Especially <laughs> to Connecticut. <laughs> Uh, no, it was you were missed. I will say that uh, I had really good company um, who took your spot, um, but it, you uh, you missed a really good time. I will say this for the listeners: uh, showing up at Hartford is going to be a blast. Um, they the the way that they're set up is very open. It's it's a very beautiful stadium um, for what it is. I heard some controversy. Um, from from the person that came with me, and uh, had said that the 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 club that that stadium grounds was actually stolen. Uh, the lore is, and I have no research. I'm just going off of what was said. Was that uh, there were two competing clubs back in the day in in the Hartford area, and that one of them had give it was given the rights to Trinity Health Stadium, where where Athletic plays, and Athletic was supposed to build a stadium somewhere else. Um, and Athletic did not do that, and they just came in and like they did the "There Will Be Blood" thing and drank the milkshake and stole the the stadium from the other club, which then had to kind of go away and they they folded because they didn't have a place to play. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> it, it's a fun like it's a fun piece of crappy lore to to talk about. Sounds like a good like weird soccer vampire movie where they kill each other or something, and the winner gets the stadium. <laughs> There's no winner in a soccer vampire movie, just so we're clear. Um, but so, but the stadium was really beautiful. Um, it was, it was, I think, really well designed for what it was as an open air stadium. Uh, it reminded me a lot of what I think RIFC will be in the sense of the openness. Now, Hartford Athletic can only fit five thousand people or so. And surprisingly, I have to give credit to Hartford Athletic fans. They showed up. I don't know why they're showing up. They have like three wins in the year. And everyone was like sitting there joking like we are terrible. But they were all wearing kits. So they've all spent at least $70. They were all drinking beers or sodas. So, And those were reasonably, reasonably priced, by the way. The beers were like 10 bucks, And I, mean, I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking for myself. I'll, I'll pay $10 for a beer at a stadium. Um, and the food wasn't too bad either. Um, but they were all there. They were all paying, and they were all paying attention. They booed at the right times. There were some kind of funky calls that I feel like the ref was just taking it out on on uh, <laughs> on the on Hartford. Um, there were fans heckling the El Paso bench because it was super close in like proximity to the the like actual fan uh, sections. Um, yeah, it was. There was a their supporters group was actually probably the thinnest space in the entire stadium, if I'm being honest. But they were loud. Like, they still brought the noise. You could hear them from all angles. They did this really weird thing where they all stretched out and spread up and down the the entire, like, area. I don't know if that was to project like they had more numbers, but rather than just all, like, crowd to the front and just be super intense and obnoxious. Um, but it was it was a really good time. The only things that I saw as like you could do better was their their VIP suite section so bad so bad and i hope uh RIFC is listening which i've had some conversations with both executive members and just like regular members that work at the club they every time i mention Hartford Athletic they go oh we're not, don't don't compare us to that team like we're glad they're doing their thing but we have no intention of ever being in the same 
the same room or the same conversation as that organization. They want to be better. Um, but yeah, they had they had like suites that were just these like mini trailer like drop pods, like cargo containers that were like glamping like mini mini homes yeah like, like when you when you move and you put all your stuff in a storage pod and you ship it across the, like one of those they had three of those with just like tables and like this like ikea benches i don't know it was i, I didn't understand it and they were low and they were behind the net on the opposite side and so like i don't i don't know this that that didn't make any sense to me um and then the other thing was um, that, like, you had to, the way the parking worked, it didn't seem like people knew how to park at the stadium. Um, but otherwise, the, everything was really great with the amenities. Even the outside like, area seemed really nice. I've been to Hartford many a time for work, and I've never been to that part of Hartford. I've been to, like, the homeless and dirty areas to where, like, that has always been the impression I've had. And I was in an area where people were walking across the street. There were string lights everywhere. There was a brewery. People seemed happy to be there. Uh, I, 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 didn't, I did, didn't understand it. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was Portuguese night, so there were a lot of Benfica jerseys, a lot of Ronaldo jerseys. Um, it, was, it, was just, it was a good time. Honestly, I had a really good time. I think even Hartford Athletic people have a good time, and they, just, they go to talk to people and friends, and they don't pay attention to the scoreboard. They do pay attention to the game again, but they know that that scoreboard's not going to be too great. It's not going to work out too well for them. Yeah. Uh, that's good to hear, though, that they're supporting their team if they're their last place, though. You know, I mean, even though they are our rivals, as a fan of soccer, it, it's good to see people turn out to stadiums. I, I hate seeing a game on TV and you're just like, man, there's nobody here. Yeah, no, they, they definitely were there. Um, I... I I think that I think that it's going to be a really good rivalry. I think it's going to be really exciting. Uh, I cannot wait to join the 300, 500 fans that whatever we're allocated, I'm sure we'll max out to show up and and make Trinity Health our our home for 90 minutes. It's it's going to be really exciting. I will say in some final thoughts that we we ran into Coach Cano there. He's been at the last few games. If you've looked at his socials, uh, he's been watching the games. So. Uh, we went up and talked to him during halftime, and he, he he looked at me. I was like, I don't know if you remember. He's like, Oh, I remember you. So <laughs> I I uh, I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, he didn't like say get away from me, but um, but we talked, and then I asked, you know, are you, you doing scouting? And he said, you know, yeah, of course, I'm always I'm always looking. And I said, do any players, um, you know, any players that kind of catch your catch your eye? And he did the he did the ultimate interview move. He turned it back around on me. It's like, who, who do you, who do you see here? <gasps> and uh, and so I, I said a couple players, which again I've been following El Paso just enough to know who's impressed me so far. And then I picked two players on Hartford that night who I thought had a decent game. And but his comments were like, both of those players are super inconsistent. I would never put them on the squad. <laughs> so he just he just like shot down Savage. my ideas. And then we talked about the loyal. And I said, you got to be picking up some scraps there, right? Like, the, that's a prime opportunity. And he said, yeah, yeah, myself and and all the other coaches are probably going to be looking. And so I said, who who are you going to grab? And he again, he just flipped it on me with this, like, Bermudian charm he has. He's like, who, who would you pick up? And I said, hey, Joe Corona. I'm a, I'm a fanboy of Joe Corona. And he kind of was just like, hmm, that's not who I'd, not who I'd grab. 
So if Joe Corona does show up at this point, it's me. I influenced the coach somehow, and he he rethought. He's putting it out into the world. Yeah. I, I manifested Joe Corona to Rhode Island FC, a man who spent his entire life in, like, the Southern California, Mexico area. I brought him to the cold. I brought him to the, the New England harsh winters. So sorry ahead of time, Joe. Um, but, yeah, so coach was there. We talked for a little bit and then uh, went on our way. Just wanted to let him do his thing. Uh, I, I wonder if he still is, like, now that he said those things about Hartford and he's been going to so many games, there's been some speculation that he's trying to pick up a couple of players as the, as the team is literally imploding in front of themselves. But I get the maybe impression he's just going to continue to see if there's something special that he can see. Um, and it's his closest access to USL. So I don't know. I mean, you know, you would, he's, he doesn't owe us anything to tell us his secrets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he's not just going to drop that knowledge on us probably. Not yet, not yet until we become um, insiders like, hey, tell us tomorrow before the big news, who is it going to be? Most likely, you know, as you said, it, it's the closest USL product. He's There are other teams, you know, he can use that to watch live games and see the other teams in the league. So it's, it's a good for like actual scouting as opposed to him just watching on tape or, you know, ESPN Plus or whatever he's Agreed. checking out games on. Agreed. And I'll, I'll end with this as my final impression about Hartford. They have a mascot. I should have pulled up a picture so you could see it first. I have no idea what it is. So your homework is to tell me what abomination did I see running around on the field because I, I don't I don't know what is, it was. Is it a like a Cronenberg? It, <laughs> it looks like a... It looks that, like a that would be terrifying. It looks like a green and blue bumblebee that lost its wings and maybe is a distant step cousin to Grimace from McDonald's. Is it like some like weird bad Sega game mascot character I, where I it's just know, like with a, the stupid attitude era? Where just I don't know. I, 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 I cannot define what this thing was that I saw. I just know that it, someone was in that suit doing it the best they could with what they had Are you sure you're just given not to them things <laughs> no i've seen i've i've done a couple extra social examinations mm-hmm. since of of posts and he's definitely a real thing so you know we've heard a rumor that there's a mascot being set up for the club we don't know what it is or do we and we can't tell you um, or is that the rumor itself but you know whatever if that does happen allegedly i'll say this to Rhode Island FC if you are, wink, wink, doing a mascot, don't make it the whatever that thing is from Hartford Athletic. That's all that's, I mean, again, low bar, but just be better than that. And that's all you have to take care of. Yeah, just, just something simple and fun, you know. And, and something that speaks to Rhode Island. Be yeah. Rhode Island-based, you know. Don't, don't be something that is not something that Rhode Islanders can't know because I don't know what that Connecticut thing is. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> maybe maybe that's the problem. Do your homework. You have to, you have to be a kid. You got to live there to know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to do that? Nobody. <laughs> All right. So uh, so let's 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 start wrapping things up. So what what events we got going on for uh, for the club and for Defiance? All right. Not a lot going on here, but on Saturday 916 RFC will be at Brown watching the Brown Bears versus the Bryant Bulldogs at 7 p.m. So this is a 
Rhode Island, uh, Rhode Island here. So yeah, yeah. I don't even know. It's, I, it's more of a, I don't think they're where there you went to, to school or where your parents went to school or. Well, because at, at the past game we we were also there to because it was versus Connecticut. Right. So we're like that was easy. You know, I mean, we, 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 we were going like to su- actually. No, let me. I know where you're going with this. I think we have to support Bryant at this point because we're in their stadium. So our temporary allegiance has to be to the Bulldogs. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, our you know. Our our uh, owner did go to Brown, so I don't know if there's there's that. True, but another owner. Well, I don't know if he went to Bryant, but his kid's going to Bryant, so oh, maybe, maybe they'll both be there. Maybe they'll, they'll be making some some making side some bets side on the bets. side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on who's going to get wicked good soccer hey, tattooed I, first? Either way, RFC's going to be there. I bet you a Rhode Island team wins that game. <laughs> you want to bet a tattoo on that? <laughs> pretty bold of you to to make those assumptions <laughs> oh too good yeah so we'll uh, we'll continue to post events i'm really excited to see that the club is starting they caught wind of what we started posting and uh again we don't take credit for it but you know they started posting events which are above and beyond what they've shared with us so just excited to see that they're putting their um their their information out in the world for people to track the club and see what's going on uh do we have any listener questions tonight all right so we got one here from chris and he's asking us, would you wait to play in 2025 when the stadium is built or move forward like current plans? Um, oh, you mean do the Bernie thing first and then wait? Yeah, to so I, I'm guessing he, he's asked, like, would you just take the season off? You can't. I, I would think that you, can't you don't do want to do that, yeah. especially at this point. If, if you knew ahead of time that the stadium wasn't going to be ready and maybe we were a few years removed from it, you could maybe start pushing those plans back. But at this point, we're too close. You just have to go. Yeah, through. I mean, the in, there's so much of the infrastructure <laughs> not in the building, but in the personnel that they, like you mentioned with the loyal, like what would they do at the end of that that moment in time? They'd just sit there. So yeah, no, this 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 has to happen as it's happening. Um, I I think that we are going to be just fine for Bernie. I think that it will be a blip in the long history of what happens for the organization and for the club at large. Um, and that this is, if anything, just a testing ground to see what works well, what doesn't work. And uh, yeah, no. So I, interesting question, Chris. I, I would still do the same thing. The only reason I would wait to 2025 is if I knew there was like a marquee player that I could get, but I had to wait. And so... Like, I don't even, maybe I wouldn't even do that, though. Then, yeah, though, I don't know. Like, I mean, you could, there, there's plenty of players on a team, right? I, w- I would think you could, could leave, leave space for them and say, hey, you know what? I, I have a really good number 10 I'm going to pick up next year, so I'm going to bring some young guys in, and then maybe they can be his understudy or something. You know? Yeah, no, agreed 100%. I, I don't, I don't, I can't think of a solution that isn't in favor of getting a product out now, Um Unless there's like insane debt that they're accumulating by like renting again, like what Loyal have to deal with, right? If there's if there's rental agreements and lease sublease agreements that have to exist to participate at Bryant, that's hurting them financially or putting them in a hole, which we'll never know. We we will never see that that information hit the light of day, and that's just speculation. Um, no, the, it makes the most sense to begin and start growing the brand because remember too, you have two years before World Cup comes, 2026. So you. You just don't have that. You don't have that kind of time. Um, so yeah. So so having said that, really thanks. Appreciate the question. Uh, I think 
I think we're in a good place to start wrapping things up. Uh, for the listeners, we do have some exciting news. Uh, we do have some interviews coming up. So anticipate uh, an interview with President Brett Louie coming in one or two of the next podcasts. Uh, and then we also have some USL analysts uh, joining us to kind of give a breakdown of what we can expect as we enter the league, maybe some of the clubs to watch out for, uh, some of the the history or the pedigree that maybe we didn't cover as well in our inaugural attempts to describe the USL. Uh, so really excited to bring some of the best minds that watch uh, the league in its, to- in its totality. Um, so we can have some interviews with those coming up as well. Uh, and yeah, I think, uh, I think that wraps us up. You want to you wanna take us home? You guys want to check us out on the internet? We have Twitter or an X at RFC Podcast. We got to just pick one or the other yeah, at this point. I guess, I mean, he's, he's, he is sticking to his guns, as they say, right? It's, it's, he's calling it X, right? Yeah, but, but legally, I think there's still Twitter as an, as an entity. Yeah, and I, I don't, some other people maybe have. Like you can call yourself Jason, or you can identify as, like, I don't know, Dave, but your legal but name I is still Jason. Me, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure how that works. Anyway, we're there. Uh, we also have a threads at RFC Podcast. We're on Instagram at Raising Anchor. And you can check out our website at www.raisinganchorpodcast.com. Buy merch, donate, do all the things and stuff. Mm. Uh, yeah, man. No, it's it's like I said, always a pleasure to get to talk to you. And uh, wicked good soccer, eh? <laughs> wicked good soccer, buddy. Bury me with the cup. Bye, boys. Later. Anchors up. Always.